straight up the play. I'ma make a move. Before the first beer of the tailgate is cracked, before the fans swarm the stands, and before the Hawkeyes take the field, KGYM Sports Radio breaks down this weekend's Iowa football game. This is Before the Boom. Before the Boom. Here's your host, Spencer Wagan. Hey, hey Alexa, play Minnesota Rouser. Welcome in before the Boom Pod. I hope I didn't set off anybody's Alexa with that uh, random remark to start the show. But welcome in before the Boom Podcast ahead of the Floyd of Rosedale battle in the frigid tundra. I don't want to say frozen tundra because that means Packer football. I don't know. Whatever. We are off the rails already and we are less than two minutes into the show. Previewing Iowa and Minnesota. We'll do that on the show this week. Also going to look back to a win over uh, the Badgers for the Iowa football team as we get set here from the Circus Sports Iowa studios here from KGYM. Spencer Wigan is my name. Uh, host of Spencer on Sports. Weekdays from 2 until 3 here on KGYM. Scott Unash and Mark Dukes across the way. Hosts of the gym class. Weekdays from 3 until 4 here on the gym. And with special guest in hand, it's rising up out of the ashes, in a sense. The Floyd of Rosedale. Is that the real one? <laughs> the replica. Who could possibly think this was the real oh, Floyd of Rosedale? you never know. <laughs> one half of the Todd Brommelkamp show with Alex Koo and Todd Brommelkamp. Still wearing the Circa hat, Todd. they got to win one more game for you to not have to saute that thing up. And it might come uh, Saturday. Yeah. We'll find out. It might. We'll find out. We'll find out. If but not it, Saturday, next week. You're not losing to Nebraska. No. No. I think we can all agree that uh, how this season has played out, regardless of what happens in Minneapolis this weekend, Hawkeyes should uh, win rather soundly against uh, against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. But that's next week. This is this week. And now let's talk about last week, guys. <laughs> Iowa with a, a 24-10 win over Wisconsin. Uh, my reverse psychology has worked two weeks in a row. Will it? Will I do go for three this week? I guess we'll find out coming up in a few minutes. I but see what you did there. Go uh, for three. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I would, that was unplanned, actually. Oh. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> So was I. <laughs> <laughs> All joking aside, guys, uh, Iowa, you know, the offense struggled. The offensive line in particular did not hold up well against a, a, a strong Wisconsin defense. Some future NFL draft picks uh, on that uh, on that defensive front with Herbig and Keanu Benton up front, uh, who I think just got in, invited to the Senior Bowl this week. But all told, Iowa did what they do so well. The defense played some opportunistic football. The special teams shone brightly again, and we're talking about a win. And for the first time, and uh, oh, first time in quite a while, the the bull is uh, the bull's back in, uh, or the steer, I guess, is Here. back in Iowa City. Uh, your takeaways from that win uh, last uh, last Saturday in Kinnick? Cooper DeGene. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what more can you say? As I said earlier uh, in the week. Uh, it, he didn't want it alone, but Iowa couldn't want it without him. Right. Between the interception return, the punt return, and many other little things that he did, downing the ball uh, inside uh, about the one-yard line, mm-hmm. I guess, one time. But, uh, again, <clears throat> and this is why people thought Iowa could compete down the stretch. It's defense mm-hmm. and special teams. And the offense didn't get much done. Um, and you have to consider that Wisconsin and now Minnesota, by the end of Saturday, Iowa will have played six of the top 20 defenses in the country, at least according to yards allowed. Mm-hmm. Heck of a lot tougher schedule than last year. Um, back to last week, 
Um, I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, Iowa did just enough on offense when it did get the ball mm-hmm. in the, in the uh, red zone and, and pushed it in uh, a couple times. Two of the three facets are magnificent for this team. Magnificent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been kind of kicking around this week in my head and about this Iowa defense and kind of where it goes as far as uh, in the echelon of great Iowa defenses. This we, we may be seeing the best Iowa defense of all time. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've had some good ones in the past. Under Norm Parker, under Phil Parker, whatever the case may be. But... I mean, from that, the depth up front is just uh, is crazy. Is crazy. The defensive backfield is very, very good. And you've got a guy Castro wasn't even expected to play, uh, and he's stepped in admirably so far. Uh, Quinn Schulte has been terrific. Riley Moss uh, finally got number one. <laughs> so weird that that was his first of the year. Wasn't finally it? <laughs> got well. No, not many people throwing his way. Yeah. Uh, and the linebackers are terrific. Um, as long as two of the three facets of this football team are going very, very good, then they got a shot to win anything. Save Ohio State, Michigan. Todd, what did you see from the press box on Saturday? <clears throat> I saw Iowa do what it needed to do at this point to control its own destiny. And Kirk Ferentz will tell you this defense is probably right up there with 2004. If you want to have the discussion about greatest defense, Iowa under Kirk Ferentz or Iowa in general, 2004 is about the only one that he can come up with there. Cooper DeGene was fantastic. The Iowa offense, they did make some mistakes, but so did Wisconsin. And Iowa was able to capitalize on those mistakes. And I think it's going to be a similar case today, whether or Saturday, whether it's Tanner Morgan or Ethan Kaliakmanis. If Iowa can get a key turnover, they've got a good chance of winning their 14th in a row in the month of November. Defense, uh, the Iowa defense holding Wisconsin to 51 yards rushing. We talked last week about turnovers. Those were key. Wisconsin had three. Iowa had one. Iowa's one came in the first part of the game, the fumble by Spencer Petras that ended up leading to a, to a field goal only. Uh, Wisconsin scored on that 51-yard touchdown pass just before halftime. But you take the fumble away, you take away that one broken play, and this defense pretty near pitched a shutout against uh, a Wisconsin offense. And again, you know, not the best offense in the world. Graham Mertz, his struggles have been well documented, but he had been playing better up until uh, the last uh, handful of games. The Maryland game we kind of throw out, and we threw that out because of uh, the weather conditions in Madison. But that was 2020 Graham Mertz. You remember the 2020 game uh, and most of the 2020 season for Mertz, save his debut against yeah. Illinois, where he threw for you know five touchdowns and 356 yards uh, against a, a bad Illinois defense. That looked like 2020 Graham Mertz, and it it cost Wisconsin that football game uh, because he he made poor decisions, threw two interceptions, one for a pick six for Cooper DeGene, and uh, that was the tail of the tape. And, and Iowa Iowa got the win, uh, and uh, you know what's what's impressive about this, and, and you guys can add in where you feel, you know, and, and we've heard this, and and you know, hear the players talking about this, but. They were left for dead. 54-10 loss to Ohio State. The sky's falling. Fire this person. Bench that person. Time to, you know, tank for Wembenyama or whatever they do in college football. I don't know. But they they did what they said they would. Now, has the had all three phases improved? There's still major issues. There's still question marks that are still valid with this team. But they've won three straight against teams that 
in in the history of of this uh, this program, the Iowa program, have had their number, and that's uh, that's certainly an impressive impressive feat considering where they were four weeks ago with that loss to Ohio State. I think there's probably very few teams in the country can say all three phases are clicking. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the thing about Iowa is that the offense is as or has been as poor as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's needed the defense uh, and the special teams to come to the rescue. Uh, and they have. And I, I think they will continue to, uh, to do that this week and next. No one's going to say it down there now, maybe later, but their manhood was challenged in that bye mm-hmm. week uh, by coaches, players challenging each other, whatever the case may be. They're better than this. And whatever tonic it took, it's taken. That's bad English, I know, but <laughs> <laughs> that's just the. Uh, you get my point, right. anyway. I mean, this uh, this team has done a. I'm not going to say 180 because there are still improvement to be made, obviously, in the offensive side, and the defensive guys will always tell you they can play better. But that's just the the nature of the beast, if you will. And it's a team now that has a chance to go to Indianapolis. Nobody thought. <laughs> nobody. Watching that game in Columbus, Ohio, thought this team was going to have any shot of going to a Big Ten championship game. Now, what happens there, who knows, and we probably do know, but you got to play the game, right? Right, absolutely. Todd, what have you seen uh, over the last three weeks that's, uh, that's maybe led to this, uh, this uh, <clears throat> nice uh, stretch of wins and a turnaround? Well, up until last week, I think you saw the offensive line playing a little bit better. They mm-hmm. had a little bit of a backward step against Wisconsin, but that's because Wisconsin... Had some had some guys up front to push them around, but I think you're starting to see everything coming together. The defense and the special teams have been there. I thought the offensive game plans the last couple weeks have been really good, and there's just something about this team when they get to November where it, it coalesces for them. And I know it's cliche, and and the players said as much last Tuesday and this Tuesday about it's practice. It, it really is practice, and that really set people off in September and October when the team was struggling, but they practice, every day is a new day, and the goal is to be better at the end of November than at the start of September, and I don't think you can make any argument that that's the case right now. Scott's quite right. Some of these Iowa players, if not all of them, heard voices. Mm. Whether they were orally or on Twitter or Facebook, what have you, downtown, because they were quick to point out, not necessarily last week, but after the Purdue game, hey, you guys left us for dead. Right. Been Plain and said simple. many times. And, yeah. and, and, Spencer and, Petras said it. I saw an exchange on Twitter. Tory Taylor. Tory Taylor apparently said something. I don't know if it was like, you know, I don't think it was meant in a menacing way, but I think David Eicholt from 24-7 Sports said, Tory looked at him and said, hey, how about this? You know, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, that kind of sense. But they... We know it's 2022, guys. I mean, you know, they, these the players, the coaches, they say, "Oh, we don't pay attention to that." But I mean, it's it's hard not to ignore it, right? <laughs> I mean, no. it's, and, if and they, you don't want to be criticized, go out and play better. Yep, and that's uh, what they've done. Yep. So credit to them. But they were not above being criticized in September and October. Right. Absolutely. Jack Campbell was uh, one of the players available to us uh, in Iowa City, and he was asked if he was 100 percent confident. Uh, the team would, would turn things around. Here's what Jack had to say. I mean, 100% I had that belief. Like, if you don't have, if you're not 100% confident, then, like, you're going to be 100, I'm 100% sure that, like, you're not going to do it. So, like, you got to be 100% with whatever you do. Um, and again, like, 
the outside world. Uh, I was surprised that people were just telling us to lay down and quit because uh, that's just the wrong way to look at things in life, and I kind of hit on that. Um, but I just feel like it's in society today, like when things get tough, people just quit, and uh, we can't have that. I mean, you just can't think that way, and I think that's what sets people apart um, because people think you got to do all these big things to be different, but it, honestly, it's just little things over time that add up that that will separate you. So um, that's just been the main focus right now, continuing to do the little things at a high level um, and focusing and, and just never never not believing in yourself. Like that, That's just been the main things that I've seen from all these guys in the building. So. Jack Campbell from earlier this week in Iowa City. And, uh, Scott, you brought it up. As, Cardinal fan. <laughs> Cardinal fan. <laughs> the sweatshirt. Todd was not pleased with that sweatshirt, at least based on your, your Twitter feed. I don't know. But, uh, uh, Scott, you mentioned it. This, this football team, they have a chance to represent the West for the second year in a row in Indianapolis. Now, I know there's a segment of the fan base. There's probably some people listening to this podcast right now that are like, why would you want to go to Indianapolis and get clobbered by Ohio State or Michigan again? And it's a valid point. I think I think each one of us in our minds is like, well, yeah, that you know, we know what probably will happen, but there's a chance. You get, there's always a chance. <laughs> always you got to play the game. It's not a done deal yet, but guys, it's there. The, the well, path is there. Oh, what's the goal at the beginning beginning of the season? Compete for championships. That's got to be one. Yep. <laughs> they won't come out and say it, but. These guys would not mind another crack at Michigan. I don't think they want to play Ohio State again. Yeah. But they talked about the Michigan game, and they really felt like things were coming together for them. They were starting to figure some things out against Michigan. And so if that if that happens, if Michigan beats Ohio State and gets to Indianapolis, and then you've got a rematch, which, boy, fans would really be tepid <laughs> about a 42-3 <laughs> rematch. But they will tell you that they were starting to figure things out against Michigan in that game this year. I don't think they'd mind another crack at him. Now, that being said, and I I don't think anybody wants to see any Big Ten West team right. go to him. Just cancel it. Move on. Uh, Here's your playoff spot. <laughs> yeah. Give, give, give the Big Ten West winner the, the trip to the Citrus Bowl or, or whatever Kevin Warren can work out. But you'll play the game. You'll, you'll play the game if Iowa gets there, and they've got a really good shot of getting there because, speaking of Michigan, they play Illinois on Saturday, and Michigan beats Illinois, and that opens the door for Iowa to win out and get dandy. We'll dive into uh, the rest of the Big Ten here coming up in just a bit, but uh, Michigan is a 17.5-point favorite uh, as of uh, here Thursday when we're recording this podcast. Illinois uh, with a couple uh, well, not-so-great losses, uh, losing to Michigan State at home, and then I think we all thought that they bounced back against Purdue last week, but Purdue... Uh, you know, an- another team that's not out of the race yet. Uh, they they need some stuff to happen as well. But uh, uh, it's uh, you know it, it's anybody's game except for I guess Nebraska and Northwestern. <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin has a path even, but they need a lot of other crazy stuff to happen as well. So it, it's there, uh, but it's going to take uh, take some t- some help uh, for things to uh, things to get uh, get uh, going in the Iowa uh, team's favor here of course if Illinois loses the door is wide open you just got to take care of your own business let's let's transition over to Minnesota guys uh, this is a football team that just like Iowa has won three straight beating Rutgers Nebraska and then Northwestern last week 31 to 3 here's my expert hashtag analysis that I know people download this podcast for, and you guys can tell me I'm right or wrong. Stop Mo Ibrahim and you win the game easily. Am I right or wrong? Ding. 
<laughs> yeah, for the most part. You can't let the best guy in the, the field beat you. I mean, that's always been the mantra uh, as far as sports is concerned. And Moe's the best player that Minnesota has. Uh, they've got good. They got good weapons on the outside, though. You got to remember that. Now, can they get the ball to them? And who's going to be getting the ball to them? That's uh, that's the million dollar question. I wouldn't say anything comes easy to Iowa this season, <laughs> but I, they, in talking to Moss and and Campbell and Jay Higgins on Tuesday, this is a this is a measuring stick game for them. They they like going up against the best and. Mo Ibrahim is one of the best in the Big Ten, and there's no doubt what Minnesota likes to do. I like to try to run that football down your throat. Max Williams ain't walking through that door Saturday <laughs> Double at Huntington Bank Stadium. <laughs> They're going to have to run the ball in order to have success against the Hawkeyes. And if they can't run the ball, then Iowa's got a, a path to victory. Not an easy path to victory, but they've got a path to victory if they can slow down Ibrahim. Seems like uh, a recurring theme because... Um, Michigan, you had two good defenses, and Iowa had to stop Blake Corm. And then it was Chase Brown. And then it was Braylon Allen. Uh, and now it's Mo Ibrahim. Um, week in, week out, that's been the defensive challenge to stop a really quality running back. Iowa did that last week against uh, uh, Wisconsin's duo. This dude, Ibrahim has not had a game in which he's played with fewer than 100 yards since 2019. And I realize he missed almost all of one season. Mm-hmm. But I forget what the number is, but he's he's rushed for over 100 yards every game this year. I think his low was 102, 103, mm-hmm. something like that. So you have to believe he's going to, going to get his yards. If he's held below 100, that's going to ring up to an Iowa victory. More than likely. What, you know he's good when the Minnesota pregame notes have a full paragraph on the front and then see more on page five. <laughs> so you know he's a pretty good uh, pretty good football player. Uh, overall this season, uh, 238 uh, attempts in nine games for 1,261 yards. Averages 5.3 a carry, 18 touchdowns. And he's posted those numbers despite not playing in the Purdue game. <laughs> that's that's pretty darn good uh, for for uh, for the uh, Gophers uh, star tailback who, like you said, Mark missed all of all the 2021 season uh, Achilles injury. Yeah, Achilles right? in the in the Ohio State game in Week One where he was playing really well, 200 yards, uh, and and missed the season. And uh, that's uh, you know he's been a difference maker. Uh, the Northwestern game last week, guys, and we'll transition into this next uh, uh, topic. I wanted to talk about when you talk about the Gophers. They won that game. They rode Mo Ibrahim three touchdowns, thirty six carries uh, in that in that game. Where it came down, and where there really are some question marks for Minnesota, is the quarterback position. Uh, you have uh, Tanner Morgan, who suffered an upper body injury against uh, against Illinois or Nebraska. Excuse me, came in or, or had to leave the game. Ethan Kaliak Manis, the redshirt freshman from Illinois, coming in, didn't play great. Didn't cost his team the game. Kind of what you'd expect to see from a redshirt freshman quarterback. He's made two starts this year, uh, 460 mm-hmm. passing yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. So not the best quarterback play lately. And I think for Minnesota, if you want to find some some success in what you saw last, last year uh, at the game at Kinnick Stadium is the short passing game, uh, the deep ball occasionally from Tanner Morgan, 
that helped them move the football. You're not quite sure what you get with this freshman quarterback, and they that may be the X factor in this game, right? And Minnesota's been hurt by Ottman Bell being out yes. uh, most of the year. Um, Mike Graham, play-by-play voice of the Gophers, told Scott and I earlier this week that uh, this kid, Morgan's backup, has the by far the best arm mm-hmm. in the quarterback room and really has probably not had a chance to to show out there. I think he's completing fewer than 50% of his passes. Mm-hmm. And a small sample size. I don't know who's going to quarterback this team, uh, but um, as you said at the top of, of this segment, uh, it, it's all about stopping the running game. I am going to be so, so, so shocked if Tanner Morgan doesn't trot out there. Mm. Senior day, yeah. unless he's got like an eighth year coming up. <laughs> Chris Alman Bell, you mentioned him, Mark. He's, he, he's, he applied and got a seventh year. Oh, yeah. So he's on the Jordan Bohannon plan. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and I don't know if Tanner Morgan's a guy. He's a senior. He's listed as a senior. Yeah. And he hasn't had very good success against Iowa. He has not, but you got to think one last time to be out there, A, on your home field, in front of your home fans, and B, to beat Iowa, which mm-hmm. he has never done. Right. I got to think he's going to be out there. I think we're burying the lead here. Iowa has never lost to a quarterback named Ethan before. <laughs> <laughs> what page of the media guide is that on? <laughs> it's on the back. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Ethan Kaliak Manis. Uh, his numbers against Northwestern 7 of 13, 64 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. They didn't need to throw the ball all that much because they just. Here, Mo Ibrahim, run the football, and and he did. Uh, but I think I think you're right, Scott. I mean, I feel like, and PJ Flex said earlier this week that Morgan's progressing well. He was at practice. They're hoping medical staff will clear him and and be ready to play. But there's that, you know, senior day motivation to to get back out there. Even you know, I'm I don't know what PJ has in mind for for the boat rowing this weekend for the Gophers. Uh, maybe you'll see alternating quarterbacks. Of course, that goes back to the old line. If you have two quarterbacks, you actually have no quarterbacks. But I feel like Tanner Morgan's going to play. I do, too. And, and especially, not if not this week, especially next week, because they want to keep the axe. You know, they, if they're playing for a Big Ten, you know, West Division crown, who knows, but I feel like he's going to he's gonna get things the uh, ol- done. The only thing that gives me pause is that PJ did say on Monday that it's in the hands of the medical staff. Yes. And when <laughs> that gets brought up, then there is a little bit of of concern there because in this day and age you're uber cautious at least most schools are uber cautious about putting guys out there but i we've gone over the superlatives we've gone over the senior day mode i every guy wants to compete everybody every guy wants to go out there it's a question of whether or not he's going to be in a position to be cleared by the medical staff and if he is i spencer you may be onto something they may rotate calic manis and and morgan to try to try to keep iowa on its toes but i don't think that's the way to success for Minnesota on Saturday. The Minnesota defense, guys, is a very, very good defense. Uh, very good on third downs, especially. And uh, they do not allow teams to uh, to to convert on third downs. They don't they don't make it easy on you to uh, to move the football. And you look at the Iowa offensive line issues, especially what they had last week against Wisconsin. Now I think Wisconsin throws an extra couple wrinkles in there and Minnesota might not, but how big of a concern is the offensive line for Iowa in this game in your opinion? I think uh, you know in talking to a couple of the guys on Tuesday in Iowa City, they're going to be happy to see a quote-unquote traditional front. Mm. And Wisconsin just 
They and Spencer Petrus said the same thing. And Wisconsin just gives you so many weird looks out of that three four. Minnesota, more traditional Big Ten football. And so Iowa tends to perform better when it goes up against teams that look like the Hawkeyes do in practice. I and I agree. I agree. But that I I agree with you agreeing <laughs> with me. <laughs> but that being said, there's no way they saw that tape, film, whatever they're looking at nowadays and saw the stunts that Wisconsin pulled, and they aren't going to try a few things today. No, we're good. We're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a dumb football coach. Minnesota nice. Come on. It's like, uh, no, well, we're good. All right. I think it was Riley Moss that said uh, Minnesota's defense, schematically anyway, is much like Northwestern's, and far from the uh, what um, uh, they saw last week. Now, Bo Stevens is out this week. Hmm. Uh, left guard. Nick DeYoung coming in. Got a lot of experience. Um, how that will affect things, I don't know. Uh, Minnesota's got a couple good edge rushers. And we know Iowa's had problems protecting the outside in certain games. Um, we'll see how this offensive line comes together. Mariano Sori Marin, one of their key <clears throat> linebackers. He's another, I think he's a senior, isn't he? I feel like he, we've been talking about him. I've been hearing about him <laughs> for a long time with Minnesota, just like Tanner Morgan and uh, and Mo Ibrahim and now Chris Ottman-Bell, who we'll see back in 2023 for uh, for college football. The other storyline, I don't know how much uh, is, is can be made of this, but it's going to be downright cold in Minnesota. I mean, it's November in Minnesota, so it's going to be cold. Uh, wait till December and January, but uh, the... The, the total, the betting total in this game is higher than the high temperature mm-hmm. <laughs> on Saturday. Much. Uh, it, yeah, not not too much. Uh, yeah, yeah, in the in the uh, teens only at kickoff. And, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if that plays a factor, but I think it plays a factor in uh, where this game goes uh, when it comes to a final score uh, with those cold temperatures expected. These kids don't care, especially after yeah. last week. Right. Similar conditions. Yeah. Um, it is on the road, and that's always a challenge. But uh, I don't think, you know, of course you would like it 40, 50 degrees, but I don't ah. think it's going to play a big factor. Unless there's wind. I, I, yeah. You know, wind always is uh, uh, plays a factor. It was cold for the 2020 game up in uh, the Twin Cities uh, in the COVID year. I remember that. Uh, the, there were some memories going around Twitter of uh, – uh, leave the timeouts, take the pig, the famous line from Kirk Ferentz. And someone pointed out uh, Tyler Goodson on, on Twitter. Uh, the, the camera panned to him after Iowa kept, the, the two teams kept calling timeouts when Minnesota was driving down for the touchdown. And somebody pointed out, yo, Tyler Goodson, you, you look you look miserable sitting there, and he's in like his you know football mm. jacket, and he's got this like exasperated look on his face. Like, come on, coach, why are you calling time? Mm. <laughs> there met some great <laughs> background Minnesota Iowa. I mean, we well, got the 20th anniversary of tearing down the goalposts this week, Todd. Oh. I know you uh, you had talked about that on your show, and I mean, just a, a lot of a lot of just, fun just history. Just think, if Twitter was going crazy 20 years ago, how much Iowa. I mean, Iowa would have been the most hated school in the world. Imagine Sid Hartman and Gus Schrader at Twitter accounts. Oh, boy. <laughs> Boxing gloves. Or Brooksy. Or and Brooksy. Hart- and Hartman, yeah. Hartman against everybody. <laughs> Talked with uh, Spencer Petrus on Tuesday about the temperatures. Yeah. He said it doesn't really affect the quarter. The quarterback is affected by mm. wind and rain. Mm. He He kept going back to a game earlier this season where rain affected him in the second half, but May not affect the quarterback, 
It's going to affect the receivers, mm-hmm. and it's going to uh, ref- uh, affect any defensive backs that are going up there trying to intercept the ball because that thing is going to feel like a, a cement block on Saturday. So, <laughs> kicking the ball, too. And kicking the ball, too, which I think has gone largely unnoticed this week and everybody talking about this game. The special teams, uh, I mean, it is literally like kicking a frozen turkey. Reminder to take those turkeys out and get them thawed <laughs> out for next week for Thanksgiving. But... Tory Taylor, field position. How many times has Iowa-Minnesota come down to field position right. in the last 10 years? Even though Iowa's dominated the series, what's it going to be like uh, kicking that, that hard football and, and you make a mistake, special teams, or if it comes down to a field goal, you got a young kicker, and just it does open the door for some wonkiness. We will uh, get into our predictions coming up in just a bit. Take a look around the Big Ten. We already mentioned uh, Illinois and Michigan, one of the highlight games this week. We'll look at what everybody else is up to. But first, we'll remind you, for the podcast brought to you by Edith Lucille's Bait Shack and Wing Depot, their hidden treasure on the banks of Squaw Creek. Got down-home meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. A great Friday night special. That is seasoned prime rib. It's been smoking all day long. Or you can give their Saturday night special smoked barbecue brisket a try for great food and hospitality in a rustic, family-friendly atmosphere. You can come to Edith Lucille's Bait Shack and Wing Depot. They've got carryout available for you, too. And their menu is at baitshackfun.com. Iowa-Minnesota, as of Thursday, uh, Circa had Minnesota as now a a 2.5-point favorite with that total at... 32. Illinois, Michigan briefly mentioned them. Michigan, a 17 and a half point favorite at home against the Fighting Illini. Wisconsin and Nebraska. Wisconsin was earlier this week a 13 point favorite. Now it's down to 10. I don't know if somebody knows something we don't, but uh, Wisconsin, I, I think they'll take care of business, barring any craziness uh, there in Lincoln. Uh, total there at 39. Purdue taking on Northwestern. Oilers uh, almost a 20-point favorite there. Michigan State taking on a free-falling Indiana team. I'd like Sparty in that one. Spartans a 10.5-point favorite there. Ohio State and Maryland, the Buckeyes a 27-point favorite. And then Penn State is playing at Rutgers. Penn State an 18.5-point favorite. So, guys, it is the the double-digit spread week in the Big Ten. Aside from Iowa, Minnesota, everybody else is double-digit spread. I don't understand Wisconsin and Nebraska because Wisconsin has always been able to run all over Nebraska. Yes. Ten gives me a little reason for pause there, but I think Wisconsin should win that game easily. And Maryland's going to score against Maryland's going to score some points against Ohio State. Ohio State, they have some running back injury issues. I mean, I know they got injury issues. They're, period. They're deeply loaded at every single position, so. You just plug in the next five-star guy with Ohio State. But, yeah, I think Maryland, Maryland's, I don't know. Maryland never really does well in November, but I think they could they could move the ball. They're not going to win. No, no. But <laughs> Penn State should dominate Rutgers, Michigan, Indiana. Indiana doesn't have a quarterback. They've trotted out, like, four or five different guys over the last couple weeks. And now Tucker's going to get up bowl eligible. Six and five if they win that game, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Purdue, I think Purdue should clobber Northwestern. Just who knows? You never know there. But uh, uh, Illinois, Michigan, guys, I think that that's the one we're all going to be. It's right before the Iowa games. I think we're all going to be tuned into that one, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna see what happens because an Illinois loss uh, means Iowa's got to win next two Minnesota and Nebraska for uh, a trip back to Indy. <laughs> and who would have thought uh, over the last uh, last uh, several weeks that that might have happened? But we'll. We'll certainly cross that bridge when we when we come to it. All right, before we get out of here, guys, we got to do it. Floyd, I see you. You're there. You're looking right in the camera. 
Guys, prediction time. What happens in a frigid Huntington Bank Stadium in the Twin Cities? Um, I think it's going to be much like last week. Minnesota has not defeated a team with a winning record. It is seven and three, but it has not defeated a team with a winning record. On the other hand, Iowa's defeated one that currently has a winning record, and that's Purdue. South Dakota State, FCS team. They didn't lose after they came to <laughs> Iowa City. <laughs> that's right. Um, I, I think you hit it at the top. Stop Mo Ibrahim, and Iowa wins this football game. Uh, I've got it. Uh, and really, just remember, there's only one team in the Twin Cities that really matters. <laughs> Minnesota Lynx? <laughs> Bemidji State? Uh, so, apologies to Bemidji State. 1710, you said, Mark? 1710, Iowa. All right. Uh, I had this when the schedule came out, looking at it as a loss. Um, obviously, things have changed since August. And <laughs> if you can figure out the Big Ten West, best of luck to you uh, out there, uh, America. P.J. Fleck has never beaten Iowa. And I just have a feeling he's due. I just have a feeling he's due. And I think the Minnesota defense is very, very underrated. Um, love to see Iowa win, but I think the Gophers are going to come out on top. I'm going to go 17-13 Minnesota. <laughs> Consulting no, with the no, pig. He, he, is this Karnak? He said. He said brisket. Which is yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Todd is consulting with the Floyd. Okay. Replica. So so Floyd Floyd is on to me here because I can't pick an Iowa game to save my life at this point in the season. And I pick them to win, they lose. When I pick them to lose, they win. And so if you will read the Cedar Rapids Gazette on Saturday, you will see that I picked Minnesota to win the game. Hopefully, you understand. The reverse mojo <laughs> there, and I got to keep it. On. <laughs> I got to keep it. Yeah, I got to keep it here. So, so fourteen to twelve, Minnesota wins. Hopefully, everybody understands what I'm doing there. And uh, yeah, you agree with that? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad to see, as John Rothstein says, it spreads. the The reverse psychology is spreading in here. Uh, so does the flu. Just FYI. Oh, get your flu shots. Okay. <laughs> Is that <laughs> it's a public service announcement? Okay, right? I thought you're, 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 no. you don't have the flu, or does Floyd have the flu? Swine <laughs> flu, remember that? Oh uh, gosh, okay. <laughs> remember swine flu? <laughs> we are so far off the rails. Uh, I w- I don't know. I, yeah, do it. Do reverse it. Psych- reverse them. psychology. All right, pick two weeks them. of reverse psychology. Reverse psychology. I'm going. I'm going for three. Go for three. With reverse psychology. 14-10 Minnesota. Third straight week, I said 14-10 for the opponent. Let's see if it works again. Alexa, play Minnesota Rouser. That's how we do it on the Before the Boot podcast. Remember, for all listeners and viewers, you there, we will have an early podcast next week. Iowa playing on Black Friday. We'll have the podcast for you available Wednesday night, so you can listen to it or watch it as you're gathering for Thanksgiving next Thursday. And, of course, we'll, we'll, 
we'll plan and see what happens after that, whether we do a Big Ten Championship one or a Bowl one and beyond that. But thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thanks to producer Ben for putting up with our shenanigans here. And thanks to Floyd for his uh, expert analysis as well. On the Before the Boot podcast from KGYM. KGYM Sports Radio brings you the best in Iowa football pregame programming with the Before the Boom podcast. Listen to the podcast each week before Iowa takes the field. Available on the KGYM app or wherever you get your podcasts.